What We Consume. Ahoy ahoy and welcome to What We Consume, a show about all the things we put into our minds and bodies. I'm your host, King Hagathor, and with me as always is... Hey, it's me, Kevin. King totally just threw us in there out of nowhere. He did prep us a little bit, but then he just started saying, he, he just started saying the intro, and I didn't get to come up with anything funny to say. And we are once again joined by our good friend, Michael. Uh, I'm here, King. I have a question. Do you think there will ever be a day where you don't have to read off the screen the intro? I mean, I could. I'm just curious because I can tell since we're we're facing each other, I can see when you like look over at that screen. So I was just curious. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a safety blanket. You know, he's got to he's got to hold it and it's got to keep him warm. He's got to suck on it and bite it until you know until it I'm totally. Disintegrates and uh, yeah. I get what Kevin's going at. Shitty I'm not segue. One of Michael's cats. Shitty segue, but it was a segue. In any case, uh, we're continuing our trend of mascots this week. One of the characters I wanted to bring up last week, but I just simply couldn't because there was too much to say about it, uh, is the Hip Kitty, Chester Cheetah. So is that what is that his nickname or did you come up with that the hip kitty? He calls himself that uh, oh. in the early uh, commercials. Uh, but before we talk about the cheetah's mascot, we first need to do a little bit of history on the brand he reps. So bear with me for a little history lesson. Love Frito Lay. Yeah. Before we get started, do you guys like Cheetos? I love. Um, I I used to love eating them all the time. Cheetos puffs were where it was at when I was younger. Now, if I get Cheetos, it's usually the jalapeno-flavored ones. No, I could care less about Cheetos, to be honest. I don't really care about them at all. I, uh, I, I'm i like you. I kind of like the uh, jalapeno ones. I don't really eat them all that much just because, like, they're just too messy. So, like, yeah. it's just, like, I, I don't want to have my hand, you know, out of commission to, like play xbox or change the remote or get on my phone or whatever like it's just the i eh. and i I, i'm not gonna do the thing where you put them in a bowl and then get chopsticks like i've seen people do that it's smart if you really like those chips but like it's just too much for me just grab it from the bottom of the bag and pour a chunk into your mouth and to go back to like kind of what kevin was saying weirdly in his intro when i was younger with the puffs i would put it in my mouth and like bite down on it to just suck on it to suck the cheese out because i'm a fucking disgusting child and then just finish chewing it up after i've sucked the cheese out of it kevin is that what you were going for in your intro i don't think so i did i bring anything up like that in the intro where did where did that come from talking about me sucking on a security blanket oh like one of mike's cats yeah Yeah. no i i don't think yeah i guess I guess that is where I'm going slightly, because, you know, over time it will just disintegrate from you sucking on it. Yes. Well, I guess, I guess we made that's a connection. That's what I thought there. you were doing. That's why I was like, that's a weird segue, but it was a segue nonetheless. Well, I didn't even think about sucking on Cheetos, because I don't eat Cheetos, so I don't suck on them. Well, get a bag of puffs sometimes and try it out. No, I really don't like Cheetos. I don't like, I don't like the puffs. I don't like the other ones. I just... I, like, it just... They're eh, you know? So essentially, Kevin was saying some nonsense about complete airball, and Mike just comes in with the alley-oop. <laughs> sure did. 
right. So uh, Cheetos were not the first corn-based cheese puff product. Before Cheetos came to be in the 1930s in Beloit, Wisconsin, there was an animal feed manufacturer called the Flake All Corporation. They produced corn-based food for livestock. They did this by pouring corn kernels into a grinder to break the grains into smaller, more edible pieces. This also made storage easier. It was easier for the animals to digest, so it just and it also just kept things more affordable. But to keep the machine from clogging, they would occasionally moisten the kernels before they went into the machine. This would lead to a byproduct of puffy ribbons due to the heat of the machine. So like they went in wet so like they'd get kind of clumpy and then the heat would make them kind of puff and then they would just like come out the side of the machine and I guess at first they'd probably just like toss that shit. But then they're like, we got to be able to use this somewhere. Um, so this was initially used for like cattle feed or whatever, or animal yeah, feed? Yeah, cattle or probably like poultry or something. You know, some people use Skittles in their cattle feed. Really? Because it has some interesting nutritional value specifically for like, I think cows. Just but, based on what they do and don't get it in like grains? Yeah, I've seen something on it a while ago i'd have to look it up again but i've seen where they've put skittles in like their feed i think i'd heard that before and just kind of brushed it off uh that is interesting though is this is this the tiktok education of america sure i mean sometimes sometimes there's some factual stuff on there I mean, you could Instagram reel it, or even... No one fucking uses Instagram reel. Shut the fuck up. Dude, I think there's a lot of people that use Instagram reel. Look, we have, like, one friend in our group chat that sends Instagram reels. I refuse to open them, so I, if it's something that he... I, I won't watch it. There's got, there's a large base of people out there that use Instagram reel, not TikTok, you know? They don't... They feel like TikTok's for children, and Chinese uh, conspiracy theorists, so... They don't use it. I mean, like, their CEO's Singaporean, so it might, it might as well be Chinese, you know? Right? That's that's what the government seems yeah, to think. They all think yeah. they're the same. And they all want to become part of the... They, they all want to get citizenship into China. Man, I hope that gets taken out of context, what I just said. I would love that. I'll bet. Someone clip it. <laughs> yeah, you can throw it on our Instagram reel. (laughs) (laughs) I will never see it. (laughs) It'll be the only one we ever put out. All right. So, uh, so like, you know, these workers, they saw all this wasted puffy shit coming out of the side of the machine. And one of them decided to do something about it. Edward Wilson, one of the flake all flake operators saw potential in these puffy ribbons. So he snuck them home Uh, and tried seasoning them with cheddar cheese and salt. He called his product corn curls with K's instead of C's. So So he brought... So he just put, like, cheese on top of them? Like, regular cheddar cheese? It was, uh... Yeah, it was probably something like shredded cheese or, uh, maybe, like, dried cheese powder, if that existed then. But it was probably just, like, actual cheese. Or, like, maybe he, like, melted it and then, like, stirred them into it so that they would coat him. And anyways, he, he took these back to uh, the Flake All bosses and was like, here, check this out. Like, these are pretty good. And they liked them. Uh, and so they began to sell them. And they were a near-instant sensation. So Flake All ended up filing a new patent 
1939 for a machine that specifically produced corn kernels. Did that guy oh, get at least it's for, not gonna uh, have like animal feed byproduct in it. It's just just the corn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's all coming from the same grains. Yeah. So they also changed their name to the Adams Corporation to distance themselves from the fact that they were selling the byproduct of animal feed to people. Of course. That's smart. I think that's a smart move. They weren't the only food of their kind. In 1933, Elmer's Finer Foods unveiled Chiwis, and other companies soon followed, including Utz Cheese Curls, Hare's Cheese Curls, Planters, cheese puffs, and cheese curls, and Wise Foods cheese doodles. I think Utz still does at least like cheese balls, but they do them like in those big ass, disgusting containers. Yeah, and I think Planters still has something, but they might have just partnered with uh, with Cheetos or something. I'm not sure. As far as I can tell, Wilson's was like the first, but like just by a hair. At the same. Well, roughly the same time in 1932, uh, down in Texas, Charles Elmer Doolin founded the Frito Corporation. Uh, this is from the Texas State Historical Society, quote, C.E. Doolin, 1903-1959, owned the Highland Park Confectionery in San Antonio, uh, and Doolin, 28 at the time, wanted to add a salty snack to their repertoire. He responded to an ad in the San Antonio Express. The ad, placed by Gustavo Olguin, uh, listed for sale an original recipe for fried corn chips along with an adapted adapted potato ricer and 19 retail accounts. Doolin bought the small business venture for $100. He began manufacturing in his mother's kitchen with his father, Charles Bernard Doolin, his mother, Daisy Dean Stevenson Doolin, and brother Earl Doolin. So these four founders made up the first board of directors with Charles Bernard Doolin serving as the first chairman. It's a lot of Doolin. Is that yeah. just the, the, like the Frito? Were they making the Frito? Right. Uh, originally, this was just the Frito. Also, uh, how come in all of our podcast we why does the name Gustavo come up a lot? It's a popular name. It's just, it, it's, it's been a, Gustavos have done a lot in the world. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know what to tell Did you. Did you say potato dicer or ricer? Ricer. Okay. What is a potato ricer? Didn't look it up. Oh, fucking it, damn it. It rices the potato, obviously. What is ricing? <laughs> I, I think it I think it just, like, <laughs> makes it into, like, rice-sized pellets. Okay. I'm... Okay. And that yeah, turns I... into a Frito chip? Essentially. Like, the original Frito chip, like the little stringier ones. I wonder if it's that or well no because that would just be like a pillar. I wonder. Yeah, I guess it would turn it into like those little the the pieces, like the sticks. I guess I don't know. One of you guys wants to Google it. No, I'm too lazy to type. All right, I'm just long for uh, the journey today. So they began selling their Fritos out of their garage, which quickly became very popular. They soon expanded their operation, and by the next year, they opened plants in Dallas and Tulsa to keep up with demand. By 1947, they had plants in Los Angeles and Denver, and partnered with, partnered with H.W. 
Lay, and company to help with natural national distribution. Man, I'm struggling today. So Frito Lay, all a not po- quite yet. All a potato ricer is is like it's the thing that you squeeze it and it comes out like little lines and stuff. Like, like, like if you were to push it through a colander or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. basically that's all it is, basically. Okay, that's what I figured. So they're they're not Frito Lay yet. They just partnered with them specifically for distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1948, C.E. Doolin was experimenting in the Frito Company and created his own cheese snacks, which he called Chi-Toes. It wasn't until 1998 that the dash was dropped and the snack was officially called Cheetos. Cheetos. Yeah. Cool. So to ensure they could launch it nationally, they turned to their old buddy Lay for marketing and distribution, along with another less successful potato product called Frittatos. What is a Frittato? It's a Frito made out of potato, I guess. Okay. Frittatos? Yeah. Frittatos. Frittato, frittato. I don't think they still make them. Potato, potato, frittato. I just said that. Well, now I can't say the whole thing because you messed me up. I I was getting there. Fritato, fritato, you know. Potato, potato. So we're all just running on fumes today, are we? I'm not running on fumes. I'm here. I am living. Happy as he's been all year. So (laughs) this success would lead to Frito and Lay combining to become Frito Lay. In 1961. Fuck yeah, let's go, Frito-Lay! Just four years later, they merged with Pepsi-Cola to become PepsiCo. This merger allowed Frito brands, including Cheetos, to expand internationally. I wonder if that's why I'm not like a... Like, I like Fritos, but I wonder if that's why I'm not like a big Frito-Lay... Like, uh, they're, they're a chip section guy. Because you hate Pepsi? Yeah, yeah, because it tastes like dirt. So I wonder if, like, their chips carry over the same. They don't know how to do flavor correctly. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? Uh, are you, are, what? No, my sugar water's better. Well, our sugar water is better, you know? So if this is the... You, we're, We're not doing Coke country. Wars right now. <laughs> okay. So from 1952 to 1967, the Frito Kid was the company's official mascot, then replaced by the Frito Bandito and WC Fritos, as we mentioned in the last episode. But they needed something for Cheetos. Naturally, when you sell a product that is so cheese-inspired, what mascot would you use to sell the product? A cheese uh, curd. A, a Wisconsinite. A, a piece of cheese. A mouse, like there Chuck E. Cheese. A mouse. Why a uh, mouse? So that's why is that like the first thing that we think about? Oh, the because mice like... because mice like cheese, and you catch them in the trap. I got there. I got there. Isn't it better to use peanut butter though? You are genuinely running on fumes. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so let's go ahead and watch this first ad with the mouse. I most heartily recommend Cheetos, cheese-flavored puffs. They have real cheese flavor and come in two kinds of crunches, baked to a delicate crunch and quick-fry to a crackly crunch. 
Cheetos, cheese that goes crunch. So they didn't really have a dash there, but they had a dot in between. Was that still post dash? That's still the that's still the dash. That's just their way of design for it. it. Yeah, this nameless mouse, nameless Cheetos mouse, debuted in 1971 and ran for most of the decade. His arrival coincided with the introduction of Cheetos Puffs uh, for a more delicate crunch. Uh, and I have a second one there, which is uh, just to show some variety of the character. That reminds me of the uh, cartoon that uh, is it two? Is it cats? Is it two cats that drive like or flying like these two planes? Reminds they... me more of Rocky and Bullwinkle, but are, are oh, you? Yeah, uh, I can see Rocky and Bullwinkle. Are you? You're saying the cartoon where they fly? Yeah, don't they fly like jets? Like, I'm unfamiliar with that. I one. don't know. I, all I'm thinking of is Rescue Rangers, but I'm assuming you're. Oh, I love Rescue Rangers. Yeah. What is uh, a also? Oh, oh man, tells do we tailspin? But what is this cat's one? Cats that fly. Oh yeah, tailspin's the other one I was thinking. I found it very uh, interesting that like on his third crunch, the plane just falls apart in that ad. I like that version of the mouse better than the original one because the original one was just a little bit too dapper for me. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got a wide variety of wardrobe. Like, there's another one where he's just, like, a window washer. Um, he, he wears a lot of hats, but, like, he just doesn't have much oomph. Uh, he appeared in various commercials promoting the brand while performing a variety of tasks. His catchphrase was typically Cheetos, the cheese that goes crunch, like he saw in the airplane ad. Other times he would say, Hail Cheezer. That's an okay one. Yeah, uh, but he just didn't have the juice to survive the 70s, and he disappeared before the dawn of the next decade. So for the next seven or so years, Cheetos went without a mascot. That was until 1986 when Brad Morgan, an art director, came up with the design of Chester Cheetah, a cool dude with a loose mood. A cool dude with a loose mood. Yeah, so now we can watch the original Chester Cheetah one. What year did you say? 89. 86. Oh, 86, 86. I'm Chester Cheetah. I'm just a cool dude in a loose mood. Until I see those Cheetos. That is, that was... It's not easy being cheesy. He, he's very like uh, the Cocoa Puffs mascot and like the Tricks mascot. It's like fused together there. Yeah, uh, it's it's very much a, a the style of the time to have a antagonistic um, mascot that is constantly craving but never uh, receiving the object of his affection but he's such a cool dude he deserves a cheeto i know if he, he is he, he is a cool dude <laughs> yeah if he's in such a loose mood he's got he's got to get his he's got to get his cheetos yeah so this uh like for the first uh 11 years uh he's voiced by joel murray um who's the brother of bill murray uh, that's interesting yeah, so, so he went that's into the more voice acting while Bill went more into acting. Yeah, and then I I believe there's another brother that occasionally pops up in Bill Murray movies, but um, but I couldn't tell you uh, where specifically. 
Um, yeah, he, uh, this original voice is kind of interesting, like, looking back on it, because, like, you know, with, with the nowadays Chesters, they're usually more of a deeper tone. Yeah, it was very weird, like, with the compilation you sent me to watch, it went, like, back and forth on the ads, so it was, like, sometimes you'd get the deeper voice Chester, and then you'd get that cartoon one, and it's, like, that voice is so different. Yeah, uh, it's uh, some of those compilations are not put together in very cohesive ways, so it's a lot of whiplash when uh, you cross arrows. Yeah. Uh, so this original Chester, he's he's cool and like kind of suave, he's speaking and rhyme and everything, and then he catches a whiff of Cheetos and he just loses his fucking mind. Honestly, if I, if I had met Chester in real life, I wouldn't hang out with him. He's not my type of dude. Don't be, we also don't like Cheetos, so... Maybe. It's just, I didn't like his energy. He's too, he's too loose, you know? He's too loose. You know, that's I, kind of speaking from, like, the friend group that you had in high school about being too loose. You saying he hung out with a bunch of uptight squares? He had, he had a bunch of loosey-goosey friends in high school. I'm aware of that. Oh, uh, Okay. If Chester Cheetah was there, he would be hanging out with him. He says he wouldn't, but he would probably be hanging out with oh, him. Oh, so he wouldn't hang out with him now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too mature now. Too mature. Okay, okay. Uh, I This version isn't my favorite. Like, he's very memorable. Um, the art style is uh, nice, and it's pretty clean animation. But yeah, the, this whiplash between too loose and a fucking lunatic... Not my thing. Um, the the ones that come later, uh, I'd, I'd probably hang out with them. Uh, so next we can watch the uh, 90s commercial, uh, which is going to be mainly uh, similar stuff. Usually really loose dudes are psychopaths. I'm the polka dot pursuit on my bad motor scooter. After the one and only... Cheesy. It really isn't easy being cheesy for that guy. So they're definitely going like Looney Tunes vibes, like Wally, Coyote, um, Tom and Jerry, like doing all that. You know, they like they go after something, but they never he never catches it. Yeah, um, very very Wally Coyote energy. Uh, I love that uh, they have a like. This commercial, these these older commercials, I guess specifically this, it's really trying to stick to like the ramen jingle type thing, and and they continue with the the cheese that goes crunch as their uh, catchphrase, and it's too uh, it's not easy being cheesy, yeah, and then his uh, his purple polka dotted motor scooter or whatever he tried to he, they rhymed all of that. Yeah, so so these uh, early ads were directed by Keith Van Allen. Later, they would be taken over by the Cow and Chicken creator David Feiss. Cow, dude, I haven't seen Cow and Chicken in so long. Yeah. Um. So uh, we got another one. Uh, the Wild Fangs. This is this is where they start like changing up their property quite a bit. Um, I'm skipping over one for right now. Oh, sorry. I've got it. I've got it listed differently. Um, in, in my notes, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go to Flaming Hot because this is the Flaming Hot era. 
didn't that uh, Mexican guy come up with this or Latin American guy? We'll get to that. Yo, kids, here's a flaming on Cheeto Snacks. Go, go, go. Whoa, gee, there's no fire here. Just flaming on Cheetos. That's what happens to my butthole when I eat those ones. That's the, uh, that's the Chester I, that's the Chester I know. Yeah, so this is from later in the 90s. Um, I think, uh, yeah, so this would have been after 97, because this is no longer Bill Murray. This would have been Pete Stacker. And in this, Chester Cheetah's uh, CGI, and he's kind of, like, breached the gap between animated and the real world, because now he's hanging out with actual uh, live-action characters. And it's pretty okay CGI for the 90s. It's it's not bad because they they keep it focused and they keep it specific. Yeah, there are some other ads where it's not as good, um, including one where Daffy Duck is his stunt double. So another Looney Tunes connection. So what's the deal with Flaming Hot? There's an interesting thing about Flaming Hot. Uh, it was developed around 1989-1990 during kind of like a slump in the uh, in the market because uh, with with their merger with PepsiCo back in the 60s, uh, they really got to an international audience. But uh, for some reason, they just weren't selling well to the Latin American crowd. They you know just didn't what the have Latin any... American crowd likes. They like spicy food. What are you trying to say? That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so the story goes, uh, and this story wouldn't come out until much later. That uh, Richard Montan- uh, Montanez was a janitor at Frito Lay's Rancho Cucamongo plant, where he thought he he thought he had something special, so he uh, snuck some unflavored Cheetos home to experiment with various uh, chilies and lime and uh, citrus to try to create something that like he would enjoy. And then he took it to the chief executive uh, to pitch his spicy idea. They loved it, so. Um, that he got a huge boost and became an executive himself. Corporate backstabbers tried to sabotage him, but uh, but he was just able to outmaneuver him and cl- quickly rose in the ranks. And he's been uh, saying that for almost a decade now, because he started talking about this in like the 2010s. There's a documentary made about him. There was a movie by... Um... Oh, shit, what's her name? Um... Ava Longoria. Okay. Uh, so it's like, it's one of those like, uh, it's kind of a biopic, uh, kind of loosely based on this story. But then in uh, May of 2021, uh, the Los Angeles Times wrote up a piece saying that it's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, like they they went and tried to like track down the specifics of this, and it turns out. It's kind of hard for him to have invented Flaming Hot Cheetos when he didn't work at the company yet. So he joined in like late 1990, but the product was already in development by the time he got there. Maybe he had some suggestions to it, but uh, but to say he developed it himself is dubious at best. So that movie of him, the, the biopic or whatever, is a total lie? It, it appears to be at least a extensive 
exaggeration. It's like Are a you fucking sure? Megalodon documentary all over again. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't a, this those people trying to decredit him again? Well, I mean, like, the, the facts remain. Like, the product was there before he was. Like, even as a janitor. I don't know. Why would they... So why would they run with that, then? Because, at for a while, Cheetos didn't say anything to discredit him. They just ignored it. And then, finally, he got a movie made about it, and they were like, alright, well... That's not true. So did he become an executive, at least? He, I don't know exactly what position he ended up in, but he did have some, like, he, he definitely did get higher up. Uh, so he started as a janitor and later became a marketing director for the company. And he's very charismatic. Uh, he tells a good story. So, like, he gets he gets to go around getting paid, like, ten to $50,000 for speech, speaking at various things. Yeah, as far as I can tell, there's just really nothing to back up his claims besides his word for it. Couldn't couldn't Frida Lay sue him though? They probably could, but like, is it worth it? Like, does does it fucking matter? I like guess he's not. like basically they their uh, response was like, none of our records show that Richard Montanez was involved in any capacity in the flaming hot test market. We do not credit the creation of Flaming Hot Cheetos or any Flaming Hot products to him. That's so weird. That's like a that's like an awe-inspiring Latino movie, like Latin voices type movie. Yeah, I I don't know. It's very weird. Um, yeah, so like that's something I'd heard a long time. It's like, oh, did you know Flaming Hot Cheetos were made by a janitor? And like everything I found on it was just like. Yeah, that's not actually true. A true Goodwill hunting story. <laughs> yeah. In uh, Goodwill hunting, is he actually not smart? And I didn't get the movie. I haven't watched it in a long time, but no, I believe he is actually very smart in that movie. Okay, just making sure I still got it. Uh, Montanius, uh, yeah, Montanius sta- uh, stands by his claim. Um, just says that there was a lack of documentation because of the low level of his job. But he also doesn't dispute, like, who the Frito says is the founder, which is Lynn Grinf- Greenfield. Oh, all right. <laughs> Very yeah, weird. Uh, yeah, got a weird. fibber. Yeah. With that, before we fully uh, delve into, like, Chester in the real world, let's uh, take one more look at that uh, Wild Fangs from 1992. Yeah, I would have a field day with those. Bro, he got butt splatted so hard yeah he got teabagged by that elephant so hard it gave him pink eye <laughs> he really did <laughs> like like when he comes up he has red eyes yeah, um, his eyes did a whole lot in that yeah he, he yeah he was a little he's a little too fiending for uh, these cheetos I, I don't think that's a good look for kids i don't think kids should be fiending for some for some cheetos yeah um also, like, that's, I'm not sure if it's the first, I think it's, I think it is, but it's certainly not the last time Cheetos would change up the design of their Cheetos for a specific reason, like, fangs, uh, they, they also paws did uh, well. paws, they, they also had, like, a mix-em-up where it was, like, 
four different kinds of Cheeto, like four different flavors in one bag. Yeah, the twists. Um, I really liked the twists. The twists, the asteroids. The asteroids uh, are really good, too. Yeah. One last thing with the 90s before we head into the 2000s. There were two video games made by the now-defunct Kaneko brand. The first was Chester Cheetah Too Cool to Fool in 1992, and then Chester Cheetah Wild Wild Quest, which I believe came out in 94. Did you guys ever play them? No. Not that, I, can, them. Not that I remember. I don't think so. Were they just I, like Crash Bandicoot type games? No, this was on the SNES, so this was basically side-scrollers. Oh, then no, definitely not. I think the so, only mascot game I played for like the SNES or one of those was the 7-Up one. I was, I was going to guess it was the 7-Up one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know which one of these I played. I'm pretty sure it was Wild Wild Quest. I liked it at the time, but it was also just like a worse Mario. Uh, both were fairly unremarkable side-scrollers. Uh, Too Cool to Fool has been called one of the worst SNES games. Did they ever play the Lion King game? That fucking game was impossible. As it was designed to be. Wild Wild Quest was praised for its graphics and otherwise considered a very mediocre or bad game. The sprite animations are pretty charming, though. Like, if you look up a uh, gameplay of it, um, Chester, like, has a lot of his, uh, like, cartoon uh, characteristics in the game. Like, when you go into a uh, sewer, like, your body drops and your neck's just, like, sitting up there. And then it drops to, like, when his motorcycle, or motor scooter went down the hole. Yeah, they weren't great, but, <laughs> but you know, just one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember playing that. Yeah, but I, don't, so, uh, I don't think I've played, I don't think I've ever played any, like, um, oh my gosh, like, product type game like that. If I can remember, I didn't. I haven't played the Seven Up thing. I don't think I've played any of that stuff. What about Burger Sneak King, King? Sneak King? I don't know yeah. what that is. It's a Burger, Burger King, King game. It's one of the Burger King. Oh, I don't Along think with so. the Go Kart one, I think the Go Kart ones like actually really liked. Maybe, but I, but I don't. I don't remember playing it. Well, in any case, uh, after this, Chester starts blurring into reality. So the next one we're going to talk about is when they change up their uh, motto from the cheese that goes crunch to dangerously cheesy. This is a steak? Let's make this right. Stay low and spread out. Nicely done. A really hefty knife noise. I love, I love how sneaky they were being about all the... Uh, Sprinkling those Cheetos all over everybody's food like it was a gourmet meal. Someone needed to do this to Kevin so he would enjoy Cheetos. Doubtful. I would know is that trash Cheetos. So, uh, I probably should have saved that one for a little bit later because that's further on into his uh, redesign for the Millennium. Still, it's got the catchphrase, dangerously cheesy, and that one's just one that I like because... Chester's kind of evolved at this point. He's no longer quite as... I mean, he's still cartoony, but he's not as, like, Looney Tunes-esque, and he's not as uh, ridiculous, and he's not as insane. Um, but 
but this change does start to occur during the 2000s. So we've got one more from the 90s, and that's this Canadian ad I found, uh, just because it's very weird. At last. Oh. Huh? Oh. Looks like there's a new toy in town. Give me your new Cheetos checkers or the tall gang seats. Dangerously cheesy. Bacon and cheese sounds really good. Huh. Definitely a Toy Story ripoff right there, but uh Yeah, but also like he's weird looking. He gives a lot more gremlin y vibes than Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. He uh they they change I guess did Canada make that ad or like like oh no like did a Canadian company make that ad, not Frito Lay? I'm not sure, because um because in a lot of areas, especially like Pakistan and India, um, they stay with the 2D uh, style uh, a lot longer than America that goes first like yeah. CG cartoony and then like CG uh, more puppet-esque. It's, it's kind of hard to find which, uh, which one was made by who, but um, just... I just thought that one was interesting because... Every, like every now and then he pops up as a puppet like at one point he runs for mayor of Chester Montana or whatever and he's a full on puppet in those ads it's just interesting it, like his total style is different even as a puppet like he just looks different he doesn't look like Chester the cheetah like I mean you can tell that it's him but like he definitely looks a little scruffier yeah so then we move on to uh, the 2000s. And in this one, uh, he's 3D, but he's interacting with real-life people. Uh, so he's, he's like CGI. We're not on the Orange Underground yet. Um, I couldn't find a good rip of these, uh, and they're also pretty long because it's a six-part ad for baked uh, Cheetos. So... In the first ad, Chester's in a cook-off with renowned French chef named Chef Pierre. They battle head-to-head in the kitchen with an Iron Chef-style cook-off to create the best recipe involving cheese. Uh, Pierre opts for a souffle while Chester, with two child assistants, whips up something dangerously cheesy. In the end, Chef Pierre... So are you just explaining it, or are we trying to... or are we watching it? Yeah, I'm I'm just explaining it. Just okay, just explaining it, okay. Because, as I said, I couldn't find a good rip, and they're also really long. Okay, I didn't know if you were... I was... You know, I'm not all there. Yeah. So, in the end, Chef Pierre's souffle collapses with a final fart, while Chester dominates by unveiling baked Cheetos. Um, He literally just pulls a bag out of the oven, which... Like, that, along with having assistance, feels like it's cheating, but... You know, he's the protagonist, so whatever. Uh, Chef Pierre, while brandishing his flaccid souffle, vows that his souffle will rise again, like he's a confederate dipshit. Uh, then the screen is hacked by an entity in a dark room that threatens Chester for his baked Cheetos recipe. The next ad, Chester is chilling in his home when the entity again hacks his screen to threaten him. Then his home is burgali- burglarized for the Cheetos snack recipe. They just jack his entire safe. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, Chester only has one clue, but he contacts his friend, quote-unquote, Agent X, to mobilize the troops and analyze the clue. Chester then takes off to, quote, go undercover and get his recipe back. Kids and parents are then encouraged to go to Cheetos.com to help Chester save his snacks. Probably so the third... Stealing the... <laughs> 
Oh, there's a twist coming. Uh, so the third ad, Chester battles Twisty McGee, which is one of the most unpleasant characters I've ever seen on a screen, in the Twisted Forest with Twisted Cheetos. Twisty McGee makes off with the Twisted Cheetos, but Chester gets the next clue he needs. Parents and children are again reminded to go to Cheetos.com to help Chester. Uh, this repeats at the end of every ad. The fourth ad, Chester is lured into Flaming Hot Fiona's volcanic lair under Mount St. Helen. He dodges fiery traps and collects another clue before fleeing from Fiona's fireball. And at the end, it the tells fifth... them to go to uh, Cheeto.com. Correct. Uh, the fifth ad, the clues lead Chester to a Wisconsin dairy farm, where Chester goes undercover as a punny cow to outwit the cruncher. The Cruncher's a big dipshit with a metal jaw. Yeah. And again, everything's live action except for him. So they're just like making a whole storyboard of um, all their products that Chester's like going through. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Chester slips a tracking device into the Cruncher's Cheeto bag and stealthily makes his escape. So with that uh, tracker in place in the final ad, Chester tracks down the evildoers to a Brooklyn warehouse. Chester and Agent X check in with each other before Chester gets locked in his own safe and then tied up above a vat of swirling liquid. All the villains have gathered to mock him, including the mastermind behind it all, Chef Pierre. Wow. The first commercial. Who would have thought? Indeed. I uh, did it mocks... me. I didn't think Pierre was coming back on it, so I thought it was something else. Yeah, so Pierre mocks Chester, telling him to say goodbye to the Cheetos recipe. Because I guess he's going to destroy it? Uh, it's not really clear. But this is all par part of the plan, and on Chester's signal, hundreds of child soldiers come to Chester's rescue, swarming the villains and presumably kicking them to death in a vicious instance of mob justice. Chester gets his recipe back and the day is saved. Hell yeah. Child soldiers. Hey, Let's they're, go still big boss. In, they're still around in certain countries. Let's go, big boss. Yeah, it's just, it's so bizarre because, like, there's no build-up to that part of it except for, like, go to che Cheetos.com to help. Um, but then, like, he, he gives the signal and literally hundreds of children dressed in SWAT gear just run in and the villains are like, no, no, and they just disappear beneath the crowd. They had That's been funny. recruiting this whole time and Pierre didn't know it. Yeah, I guess. So that's uh, mid-2000s. And then things take a even stranger turn. So this Orange Underground is actually three ads. It's not all of the Orange Underground ads, but uh, it's a good, like, selection of them. Kimberly, you've got the tools to fix this. Double down. Rockabye baby in the treetop when the wind blows. The Man, I, I, he was uh, he's he's a he turns into a devious little guy, telling him to do bad things, and then uh, he's you know risen up a a lady on the plane at the beginning too. He. He does come off far more impish uh, in these. And for the most part, I'm down with it. Um, it's it's interesting, though, because like now he's kind of transcended from 
just a cartoon character to some kind of like it it, it kind of feels like a D and D encounter when you like run into a patron or like a demon that's like trying to get you to uh like agree to a pact or something like he's he just like he seems to have like some kind of otherworldly powers that are beyond our comprehension like it's not like a full on eldritch entity but like it's there's something d- dangerous about he's, him he's the devil on your shoulder yeah um, uh, second ad that's so fucked up the, the second ad goes too far um, and where even Chester has to rein it in he's, that's enough but he's still like he enjoyed it he, he enjoys the he's enjoying the chaos yeah he's he's sowing his little seeds of chaos and letting them bloom in the first one it makes no fucking sense to plug that guy's nose that's going to make the snoring worse yeah, or, or kill him. Perhaps. But in any case, like, there is this, like, new curiosity to it that I think is pretty effective. So the first ad, Chester says she has the tools to stop this guy snoring, so she plugs his nose with Cheetos while he gives a back rub to a busty flight attendant. This, and then, like, he <laughs> sings them to sleep with Rockabye Baby. The second ad... Guys wander through an office delivering mail, sees a neat freak, and Chester gives him the prompt to tidy up. So he puts a, he smashes a Cheeto in the uh, MacBook Pro, uh, or I guess just the MacBook. He rubs Cheeto dust all over the earbuds. Uh, you know what that Cheeto he, dust is called? Cheetle. Like Don Cheetle. Like Don Cheetle. <laughs> is that really uh, what it's called? Yes, as far as I can tell. I did not know it had a name. Yeah, so he's just getting Cheetle all over the place until Chester somewhat sternly says, Jeff, that's enough. And he walks out just as the guy walks in. That dude's definitely getting fired, though. Like, oh, maybe it's the guy who walked out of my cubicle with fucking Cheeto dust all over his goddamn fingers and a bag of Cheetos in his hand. Like, I could have been anybody. Yeah. Well, and with, then a, in, with a neat freak like that, he, that guy's definitely asking to see the camera footage. He's That guy's getting fucked up. Yeah. So then in the third one, we have Felicia Day washing her uh, laundry. And then some fucking Karen shows up and says, you know, some other people need to wash their laundry. So Chester appears. He's sitting playing chess with uh, his manservant. I don't... Like, it's never fully explained what Mr. Lee's role is, but he pops up in a couple ads, and they're just doing stuff. And he's like, Felicia, you know those whites are hers in the dryer. So she tosses in a bunch of Cheetos to thoroughly ruin her laundry. And then she looks back, and Chester's gone. <laughs> he fucking dipped. Yeah, or he... was he ever there at all? Like oh. I said, devil on, uh, devil on your shoulder type situation. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's in he's just in the he's in your head. I get it. I yeah, get he's it. in the ether. So in any case, these are all part of uh their campaign, the Orange Underground, which like the more you look into is clearly just inspired by Fight Club and Project Mayhem. It's encouraging people to not only do Rayox, which are random acts of Cheeto, but also to film it and put it on YouTube. This was before, like, the pranks 
uh, like the prank channels on YouTube became overloaded, but um, but there's uh, rules to the uh, Cheetos, and that's the next thing we're gonna watch real quick before we continue talking about it. Remember, a real Rayak is always righteous, never mean spirited, always aimed at the man, never the innocent. Remember to always follow the guidelines we've provided, as well as those of YouTube. Because as the rules say, if no one sees it, it never really happened. That one's basically them giving permission for kids to uh, prank people. That's all That's all that is. It's like, hey, go throw Cheetos on people or give, give them a bag of Cheetos. As Hank yeah. Hill famously said, this is going to be epic. Yeah, this... Uh... This is really toeing the line, because, like, this could have gone horrifically for them. Like, uh, they what, could... They, oh, go ahead. What year did it come... Did this one come out in? This was, like, 2006 to, I think, 2009, okay. somewhere around there. So, yeah. If it would have came out in, like, the 2010s or whatever, when all the uh, YouTube prank stuff was being big, uh, you would they would have had something totally different. But the, none of that was, like, oh, we can make money off of being assholes yeah it's uh they were walking a fine line with these um yeah you i you would have got a one of those big youtube guys filling the whole room full of cheetos and then jumping in it no i think i i i'd be more concerned that it would be something like someone would like rub cheeto dust all over their hand and then like go around Uh venice beach slapping asses or something I could see uh, that. Like, because a lot of those pranks were just blatant sexual harassment. And, yeah, it's... The campaign, like, went a bit, like, further than this. Uh, like, explaining the actual rules and everything. It's it's very disingenuous that uh, Cheetos, a billion-dollar company, like, they make, like, $25 billion to... To, or like not Cheetos, but like Frito Lays, like the snacks, make it like twenty five billion a year at this time. And Pepsi, their owner Pepsi, uh, only makes like twenty three billion at the time. So like having a billion dollar company be like we're against the establishment is just like no, you're fucking not. They're one hundred. You are the establishment. Forward, yeah, and Pepsi sucks. That's why they were doing worse. Also, you could. Uh, Salvador Allende, you pricks. Yeah. Yeah, so after this uh, campaign, Chester, for the most part, is the Chester we saw in that dangerously cheesy ad. He's he's no longer as, like, you know, foreboding entity as he was in the Orange Underground, but he's, he keeps the similar heightened style of being, like, a three-foot-tall, like, CGI critter uh so we've got this uh modern ad and these i like because these are a little bit more innocent but they still have like a bit of a scamp quality to them you guys having a party no nope nope okay um and then uh we're gonna go ahead and watch the mattress one as well I love the comments on these videos. Can I come up? Depends. What's the password? Mattress? 
Come on up. Impressive, sir. Those ads are really good. That was... Both of those were great. I remember... I don't remember the uh, mattress one, but I, I remember the uh, the uh, construction one. That was, uh, that was a good time. Yeah. Uh, th- this, this, like, almost modern era of uh, Chester Cheeto is my personal favorite. I also really like the Orange Underground just because they're so weird, but they... They are very like two thousands edge lordy kind of shit. Yeah, they, these are just like fun. Like they're still like, they're still like a prankiness to them, but it's it's not nearly as mean spirited as rubbing Cheetle all over someone's uh, earbuds and writing on their business card "bite me." And you know, it's just like it's mostly good natured fun. I mean, like not for that one guy at the construction site, but you know he. Yeah, the the boss he, of the construction site was like. Well, I guess we, it doesn't say that it's a boss. They're just excluding. They're just excluding him from the from the dance party that they're having on a construction site eating Cheetos, which is a weird thing, anyway. And they know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we know. I I also just love this voice uh, for Chester. Like it's it's kind of it's not quite as deep as they've gone before, but it's uh, got kind of like a transatlantic quality to it. it it's got like a bit of a like a tiny bit of poshness to it but it doesn't feel completely uh removed from like the working class either uh there's other ones like uh mike i know you saw the one where chester's running around with a kid and they've got a uh blowgun and they're just blowgunning uh yeah, that one cheetos everywhere one. yeah um especially if there's another there's another one where they play hide and seek and then uh like they're all they all run from his dad but as soon as like he finishes counting, they shut off all the lights, get out night vision goggles, and are just like completely wiping the floor with them because they're just like moving around like inches from him, but they can see and he can't. And then they drop a net on him just to like thoroughly ruin his day. <laughs> Damn. Because I because I think like whoever wins gets the Cheetos. Um, but like these are mostly good natured. And like I said, these are my favorite ads, and I hope they bring these back, because now we're going to go to where Chester Cheeto is today, and it's not good. So now we're going to do the Doritos diss track. Come on, Doritos, you can't rep the flaming hot name. Watch your step, I'm the OG in the snack game. You claim triangle, I made you square. You had to borrow my heat just to make the world care. That was pretty cringy, I'm going to be honest, like... For him to have like a diss track, like that's super cringy. It's all beat though. Sure. The the things that really bother me about this diss track, um, besides just the content of the diss track, is for one, I don't like the style of Chester as much as like when he was three feet tall, because he feels much taller in this, because there's no real reference points. Um, I don't, I don't like that he's not, you know, like, having fun with some regular dudes. I do like his shoes. His shoes look nice. But also, like, he's doing a diss track on Doritos. You know who makes Doritos? Frito fucking Lay. Like, he's diss tracking his own shit. And that's the only reason why they're able to do that, because they're under the same parent company. Yeah, but it's, it's just, like, it's so astroturfed, it's just 
Yeah, you used to really be able obnoxious. to do that back in the day, though. Like, if they were a different company, not owned by the same thing, you could just, like, yeah, we're better than the other leading brands and use the leading brand's name. They, I think they had to stop doing that. Most likely. Um, so that's not great. Uh, there's also another one, the uh, the It's a Cheetos thing, which is... Bear with me, more rapping. Other mac and cheese, yeah, they're all the same. Flaming hot and cheesy jalapeno run this game. When it comes to cheesy flavor, you know I'm king. Bold and cheesy mac and cheese, it's a Tito's thing. At least that one is thankfully brief. I like the spoon drop at the end. Yeah, the spoon yeah, drop's cool, but, but dude, I do not like that. Dude, I do not like th- these commercials, these ads. That mac and cheese is probably absolutely disgusting. Never yeah, had it, but um, I'm assuming it's disgusting. There's... I, I don't have much hope for it. All yeah, oh, the whole the whole thing is disgusting. Like everything about that, except for the spoon drop, was disgusting. That's bad, but I still prefer that to what they did at the Super Bowl in 2021. And Mike, you're gonna fucking hate this. Did you steal my Cheetos again? Just tell him it wasn't you. But I caught you at the counter. Wasn't me. You ever subject me to Shaggy again, I will fucking kill you. I I I liked that more than the other than the the rapping, but that's just me. I don't like Shaggy. He can go get fucked. What's wrong with like, Shaggy? I don't like I don't any of those people. Just, he can just get fucked. Yeah. It and the other me. two rape apologists. Whoa. Well, they so, are. Now, yeah, that's uh, just a whole red flag of a commercial for me. Also, the cheetah wasn't even fucking there. Yeah, I also fucking hate that song. Like, the original song. Yeah. Because my, my brother would play it relentlessly. He would. He, he, he seems like would. the type that would. Don't like it. Uh, don't, don't like where they're headed. Uh, they need to get back to the good stuff. Get back to the mattress commercial. Get back to the chopsticks. Hey, you gotta have some bad to get to the good. It can't all be good. But we got to the good, and then we went back to the bad. Now, now it's the roller coaster. You know, you just you went up and you were taking the fun ride. Now they're in the little valley, going trying to find their way back up again. Yeah. Uh, so last year they did have a Chester commercial. It'll be the last one we watch for this. Not the Just Dance, the one above it. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Ooh, you look like you could use some Cheetos. Wait! Why is Cheetos coming up with this weird stuff with Cheetos? I didn't even know they made up Cheetos popcorn. I don't think anybody did. Well, that's what this ad was for. Uh, well, it's 2023, so I probably never saw the ad because I avoid ads unless it's specific decades. Yeah. Also, I cannot believe that they did that to the Let's Go to the Lobby guys. That's so mean. These are classic, classic ad, classic movie ad people to go get your snacks in the lobby, and they disgraced him. It's like putting, they basically put frosted tips on him. They did a lot yeah, but, worse to it. It even it wasn't even sentient after what he did to it. 
Yeah, right? Like, like he didn't seem to be consenting to any of this. And then yeah. at the end, like, he doesn't have any voice to speak or eyes or anything. Like, he fucking killed him and lobotomized <laughs> him to make him into Cheetos popcorn. I mean, yeah, I just, I don't agree with the, the actions of this one. Okay? It's pretty grim shit. Let's so, go to the lobby. Yeah, um, there, there's also, like an insane amount of Cheetos flavors out there. I think there's like 31 and I'm not sure if that's just in America or if that's across the globe. Cause like other countries have some wild ones. Like, uh, in 2013, there was a Pepsi flavored Cheeto introduced into, in Japan and a Mountain Dew flavored variety was available in 20, uh, yeah, 2014. And then they did flaming hot Mountain Dews. Do they really? Yeah. They did Flaming Hot Cheeto Mountain Dew. They've also made whole grain and vegetables. In Pakistan, Cheetos uh, had uh, bites, vegetable, stars, herb, and cream, uh, ocean safari, cheese, and XNO spicy twist. Also, there's uh, been ketchup flavored and spicy ketchup flavored and spicy chicken flavored. There's also one oh. that changed the color of your tongues. And China had... Uh, uh, I think it was American cream and Japanese or zep, zesty Japanese steak. Interesting. Yeah, so Cheetos has been all over the place. Um, I want them to bring back the good Chester. I don't like this imposter. They've also made a, uh, I think it's with the twists themselves or something like that. They made a cinnamon flavored one as well, where it's not co coated in cheese, it's coated in like cinnamon. Oh yeah, Sweetos. Yeah, Sweetos. They were, you know, they they were like, "Hey, we did we did something great with Flamin' Hot," and then they were like, "We're going to make every flavor imaginable and see if it just hits again." Jalapenos yeah. done a good job. Uh, they also had North Sea crab, smoked octopus, and caramel. Did not make it, I don't think. Uh, like they they tried them, but they didn't test well enough, so they never made it to like the market. But yeah, zesty American cream just sounds so fucking gross. I'm assuming it's ranch, but no, um, maybe and it's like, what we all think it is. And some like those foreign countries, like Japan, like they'll just put whatever flavoring on shit or whatever. Like I, I don't know if Kit Kat is owned differently in Japan, but there's like so many different Kit Kat flavors from just Japan alone. Yeah, and uh, there's also a strawberry Cheetos, which is probably fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, as long as it's not, like, if it's just, like, the base Cheeto that's not infused with cheese, all of these would taste, like, probably fun, you know, unless it's I just mean, one of those weird, weird flavors. The white I, I don't have, really good, too. I don't have a whole lot of hope for Pepsi-flavored or Mountain Dew-flavored, but, yeah, is like, most of these are probably fine. Although, like, anything that's seafood-flavored... Like, seafood I'm pretty hit and miss on anyway. Like, there are certainly some great seafood dishes, but seafood flavoring sounds like a pass for me. Yeah, you can miss me with that. But I could be wrong. Uh, I'd be willing to try it. I'd be willing to try any of these fucking things. I don't do, think you're wrong. I think they, you're completely right. They do have a, a baked white cheddar one that's really good, too. I'd like mm -hmm. a baked white cheddar. 
do they have like a, a world of Cheeto? Like they have a world of Coke, and you go in and you can try like every flavor of Cheeto. I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. Uh, also, like I think some of these are like regionally owned. Like I I don't think uh, I don't think like India Cheetos have to like run everything past American Cheetos to uh, bring it to market. Uh, and that kind of thing. When are they going to do a Beverly Cheeto? A what? The, you know the Coke brand? The oh, beverage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The t- tastes awful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, they also obviously have uh, Cheetos Mac and Cheese now, which I think none of us have eaten. I guess I should try it just to find out. Uh, new new segment King's Food Reviews let's fucking go <laughs> I mean I'm willing to try anything so yeah fuck it it can't be worse than that ranch flavored soda <laughs> that's it's fucking grim all those gimmicky flavored sodas are disgusting and like super it shouldn't sweet. have smelled like plastic they like the that, buffalo the buffalo flavored soda was better did you try the ranch one I think I tried them all didn't I I, I well, we, we didn't do ranch last year or this past time. Uh, I did that. I did that two years ago, and it smells like burnt plastic. I mean, have you not ever roasted a hot dog over burnt plastic and you didn't know that it was poisonous? Not saying no, that because I, did I that. knew that it was poisonous. Hey, I could have been like eleven and I was just playing with fire, and I was like, "Ooh, I can make hot dogs." No, I knew then. I mean, you know, some sometimes some kids are more accelerated than others, and then we all eventually catch up. Kevin's one that would put fucking tin foil in the microwave. Yeah, I think I so, think I only did that once as like a kid, but after that, and I never did it again. You didn't have to admit it. Well, I, I don't think it was like straight up tin uh, aluminum foil. I think it was like a like a packaging. That didn't look like aluminum foil, but it was like lined with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a recent viral video of a guy slapping a, uh, I think Taco Bell worker because he was like, "You ruined my fucking microwave." It was like, "We didn't put your food in your fucking microwave." Like it's clearly covered in aluminum. It's. it's I just watched this movie. Um, you you know the Ryan Reynolds Christmas rom com? I think it's called Just Friends. Where yep. uh, the the one female actress I can't remember her name off the top of my head she sticks to Tupperware that also has aluminum or tin foil in it and it causes a fire on the plane and that's like oh. they land because of the fire yeah and she's just oh. like I didn't it, it, she was like the Tupperware it's like the Tupperware's microwave safe they're like well the tin foil's fucking not that's what that yeah. Is. She- uh, it's the girl from the first couple of uh, scary movies, right? Yeah, I just can't yeah. remember her name off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm blanking on it now, too. Alright, well, uh, so that's a little look into the history of Chester Cheetah. What do you guys have any final thoughts? I think it's an interesting evolution of a character over Tom. And they've kept him around a long time. A lot of, most of the mascots that we've talked about, uh, I think there's only been a couple that have stayed for, like, ever. Yeah. At um, least he hasn't been killed off yet. Having, having his rebirth. 
uh, Anna Ferris is the that's lady. her name. Um, yeah, I like he he has been around for a long time, but really not that long considering. I mean, like I've dated either, I've dated people older than Chester Cheeto. Uh, meanwhile, like someone like Ronald McDonald has been around since my parents' age. So yeah. Same for, you know, like some of the other people we discussed last week. Wait. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what you just said. He came out in nineteen when? Eighty six. Oh, okay. So that makes for some reason I thought he came out and was like nineteen seven. No, that that's when Cheetos were made. Right? No, the mouse came out in seventy one. Seven okay, never mind. So my previous statement, dumb. Don't listen to me right now. He needs right. to have a Snickers bar. He ain't him when he ain't got his Snickers. But this is him. <laughs> no, this is not. I'm just, I, no, this is not. I, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, um, yeah. Uh, Chester's uh, a cool mascot, and I hope they bring back the good version because this modern version fucking sucks. Yeah, probably won't see that anytime soon. No, probably not. Yeah, anything else? I'm trying to think of something else, but uh, I can't think of anything, to be honest. You don't have to. You can just be like, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah, I guess. But I like thinking and talking, even if it's out of my ass. I feel yeah. like it's entertaining to the people. I think that's why they tune in, to hear to hear uh, Kevin say dumb stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. That, dude, I can guarantee you I keep 48% of our audience because of that. Wow, throwing out numbers. Just, uh, or what's the other 52% divvied up? Don't, you don't want to know. No, I want to know. Nope, no, nope, we're not having this discussion now I, on, I on our know. podcast. I'm here, and I want to know. I'd also like to know let's, uh, what let's keep moving is for, Let's keep moving forward. You, you brought this up. <laughs> yeah, what percentage does my contributions bring? It's all 33.3 repeating. That math doesn't work, bud. Well, I obviously get the little bit extra, okay? Mm-hmm. That makes the whole 100. But technically, 99... or the, I saw a weird math you're, video. You're digging that, a really good hole here. I'm just talking. You know, they wanted... The people asked for it. I'm here. Let's do the plugs. Guys, thanks for listening. If you want to catch... Oh my gosh. I just confused myself somehow. I don't know what, what happened. 48% guys. Yeah, that like, you know. Like a Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. It hurt itself in confusion. Guys, <laughs> thanks for listening. Catch us for more on X at what underscore we underscore consume and on Instagram and what we consume podcast. Damn. Ah, I totally forgot. We were supposed to say this at the beginning and I didn't think about it. But uh, I'll, I'll say it now. If you stayed for the whole video, I'll probably have this at the beginning too. But if you've listened to the whole thing, all the videos are linked into the descriptions. Uh, you can just click on the link, and it'll take you to the video if you want to watch. While uh, if you want to watch these commercials, Mike, do you want to say anything, or should I just finish it? Uh, yeah, you can. I guess catch me on Twitter at Michael Ravy. Um, Blue Sky. I'm not. I don't use it. But I'm there. But I'm not, you know, I've said it enough times, whatever. 
I am at King Hagathor on both Twitter and Blue Sky. Other than that, bye bye.